0: The last week in the gospel, we were introduced to St. John the Baptist. We heard about his interesting choice of clothing, living out in the desert, eating interesting foods, and that prophetic call to repentance, and how the whole village, the whole town, the whole community was coming out to see him to acknowledge their sins and to be baptized. And today we have a a further exploration of this great man. St. John the Baptist was the son of the high priest. The high priesthood was transferred from father to son to son. It went down the line. So the questions that John was asked in the Gospels today, in one sense, make sense. For centuries, the chosen people have been hearing prophecies of being prepared for that day when the One will come—the chosen One, the Anointed, the Messiah come to reconcile and to reestablish and to heal. For centuries, they've been hearing this promise. And so when this man who we met last week comes on the scene, it makes sense that their interest was piqued. And they were wondering, could this be the one, could finally our expectation be met, our dreams, our hopes are finally going to come true because what God had promised us is finally going to be a reality for us. Our forefathers for centuries had been waiting and we are the ones, could it be true that we're the ones, this excitement, expectation? So they ask that question, who are you? Who are you? What is your identity? What do you claim? Who do you claim to be? What a profound and fundamental question. Again, he had probably thousands of people flocking to him through the desert, being obedient to him. He had command and control. He had a great amount of influence over these people. He very easily Could have taken some of this onto himself and allow it to get to his head and feed his ego and feed his pride. Look how great I am. Look at this. How many people love me? Today we would, how many followers do I have? What is my influence? But what does St. John the Baptist do? Nope, I'm not the one. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Elijah. I'm not the prophet. Elijah was that great prophet from the Old Testament who was predicted to come back, was promised to come back at some point in the future. And the prophet was what Moses said when he was dying. Moses wasn't able to go into the promised land. And as he was dying on the shore of the Jordan, He promised the people that one day another prophet would come greater than Moses. So this expectation, John the Baptist easily, and I'm sure most of us, would have fallen prey to that temptation to bask in the glory for just a little bit. But he said, no, there's one coming after me And I'm not even worthy to be the lowest of the slaves to take off his dirty shoes off his dirty feet. There's one coming after me. That's the one that you're waiting for. Who are you? When someone asks you that question, what is your answer? How do you formulate your answer John the Baptist's entire identity was based upon who Jesus is. We're in this first part of John's Gospel today, and a few verses later is when he sees Jesus walking by, and John the Baptist points to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Look at him. Go follow him. That's the one you're waiting for. He must increase, I must decrease. John the Baptist knew his existence only mattered in light of Jesus Christ. What about you? Where is your identity founded? And what do you base yourself on? In our contemporary culture, it's one of the main topics, the themes of identity. Identity. And this ridiculous question of how do you self-identify? As though we have the power to create our own identity and then change it on a whim as, as we feel. John the Baptist points in the right direction as to how are we identified only in light of Jesus Christ. On this third Sunday of Advent, we change a little bit. Father's wearing a rose-colored vestment. The rose-colored candle is lit. The entrance antiphon from Philippians chapter 4, rejoice always. I say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. Our second reading from St. Paul, rejoice always. This joy that Mother Church invites us to. Because we're supposed to have been living the last few weeks in prayer, in penance, in purifications, in purgations, waiting to receive the one, the only one who can save us. But if we've already been celebrating Christmas, if we haven't taken the wisdom of Holy Mother Church and applied it to our lives and taken a step back and done some inventory and recognized where I am in this world... If I've already jumped ahead to the celebration, then this third Sunday of Advent has no meaning in my life. We can look at the rose-colored as a mixture of the penitential violet mixed with the, the white of the light and the love of Jesus. Inflaming within us that great hope, that desire for what is to come. Uh, We can persevere for a few more days in our preparation because we know it's happening. The one is who is to come will be here. And so I can hang on to my penance a little bit longer because I know that my desire will be met in the person of Jesus. But if I swim too deeply in the waters of this world, And I formulate my idea of what Christmas is and what life is and what Jesus is based upon what they teach us and what they tell us. All these things we do in the church really don't make any sense. But if we're faithful sons and daughters to Holy Mother Church, our mother and our teacher, then this day is a day of great rejoicing. There's so much darkness in our world. So many people struggling with so many things. Physical things, mental health issues, relationship issues, job issues, financial issues. There's so much heaviness and weightiness in our world. Only when we listen to Holy Mother Church can we make sense of any of it. In the midst of all of this, then we can hear this command from St. Paul to rejoice always. To pray without ceasing. And to give thanks in all circumstances. Not just the ones that we like or the ones that conform to my plan, but in all circumstances, give thanks. And maybe that switch Maybe doing those three things, instead of trying to build my own identity, my own profile, trying to increase my influence in the world, if I, like St. John the Baptist, take the humble path, allow my life to point to someone else, maybe then I will have the joy that I so desperately seek And allow myself to taste a false sense of. Because I'm so burdened by this world, I want relief anywhere I can get it. So I grasp for the next best thing that promises me anything. When the only thing I need is here. We spend so much time trying to focus on ourselves and get my life together and build my life. John the Baptist teaches us to let my life go for the sake of the other. That's what we had in the first reading from the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. All these things that he sent to do are to help somebody else. The gifts he received... The purpose of his life was to help others. Have we adopted that mindset? Or like Adam and Eve, am I grasping to that shiny thing that promises me a little bit of something? The wisdom of Holy Mother Church is inviting us to that life of repentance, which means a radical reorientation in the the direction that my life is going. Not just admitting that I'm a sinner. We all are. We all know that. But to truly repent means I actively move the direction of my life from where I was going to where I should be going. And I should be going to Jesus. This year, the season of Advent is short. The fourth Sunday, the next candle will only be lit for a few hours. So our time for preparation this year has been shortened. So it doesn't matter what you have or haven't done up to this point. Let this day, let this moment be that moment of radical conversion for you. To hear this call to repentance and radical reorientation to self-forgetfulness. To allow the light of Christ to shine through you so like John the Baptist, you can testify to the light. And that's where you will find true joy. At the end of that second reading, St. Paul gives us these beautiful words. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy. And may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. Present tense, active verb, the one who calls you is faithful. He's calling you, and he is faithful. And he will also accomplish it. It will happen. If you turn your life, if in all circumstances you give thanks, if you pray without ceasing, and if in some way you can rejoice at all times, the one who is faithful, the one who is calling you, he will do it. He will accomplish it. He will make you perfectly holy. Be preserved blameless entirely in your body, soul, and spirit. This is the great gift of Christmas, that we can live a radically new life. Maybe you can ask St. John the Baptist to pray for you this week, so that next week when we celebrate Christmas, Christ will be born anew with inside of you. Rejoice always, I say it again, rejoice, for the Lord is near.